Coming to you from 8122 Production Studios in the heart of the 607, this is Horror Zone 607. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And remember, you can always join the conversation using hashtag HZ607. What's up, everybody? Two and a half years ago, we started this little show, and this week, we celebrate our 100th episode extravaganza! That's right, this is Horizon 607, and this is the 100th episode. I'm your host, Mike C., and I am coming to you from Studio 13, but just across town from me, over in the 8122 Production Studios, are my friends to help me do this show each and every week, first... He's been known to make onions cry. That's right. He is my good friend, Rich. Yeah, sometimes you uh, just have to make the onions cry. I'm, I'm really finding it curious because uh, these uh, this past weekend being tired has really made everything uh, powered by Bang Energy drinks. And ironically Ooh. enough, it says it's made in the USA, even though it comes from a, uh, a, uh, a lab in... I think it's like Sweden or Switzerland. Does it say super creatine on that? Yeah, what's, super creatine. What's creatine? Isn't that bad? No. That's what Mark McGuire supposedly used. No, that that was Androstein. It was an Andro. Yeah, I think but creatine, creatine a lot of guys were on creatine. It's supposed to build this yeah. because, well, technically, that was uh, the big thing professor, when I was in high school. Professor produce, helps muscles produce energy. That's right. So basically, bang. bang is supposed to be a pre-workout, not an energy drink. Bang. But... If you've taken a look at me lately, I am not working out for shit. So <laughs> energy drink it is. I just so, need energy. But other than that, I'm happy to be here for the 100th episode. Extravaganza. Extravaganza. You, I just want to say that you are the only one that's been here for all 100 episodes. That's right. You did it. I've even missed a couple. He did it. Yeah. He did it. And he's also, uh, we got we got sad news. Rich is uh, just given his resignation and he'll be leaving the show. <laughs> we got to try to figure out how to do this on our own. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we'll, uh. we'll find some way. We'll find some way. But sitting right across the desk, right next to Rich, maybe gazing into his eyes. I don't know. He is the man that knows everything about creatine, knows everything about sports drinks, but doesn't know a single thing about horror trivia whatsoever. <laughs> but he is the smartest man in all of horror podcasting. He is the one. He is the only. He is the professor. Well, hello. I'm I'm happy to be here for the extravaganza as well. <laughs> That's all three of us got that in now. I feel good about that. So yeah, hundred episodes. I've been here for like episodes. half half of them. Yeah, you've been here for about, <laughs> 15, about fifteen or sixteen of them. Yeah. So yeah. A, hand, a handful. <laughs> a handful. A baker's you are dozen. A handful. A baker's you dozen. are a handful. <laughs> He's so always a handful. We did we it. Made it to hundred episodes. Do you think we'll make it to two hundred? No, I, I do. Absolutely. <laughs> Why not? No, I do. Get out of town. You know, we'll be almost five years into this if we make it to 200 episodes. Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, you can close out it. it quicker. Well, I'm already five beers into this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's, it's possible. I mean, it, it's definitely going to... Pr- I, I mean, I have no plans of ending it. Yeah. I, well, yeah. Where else keep would I want to be to keep record? Keep this train rolling. It, it will be like the snow pier- Snowpiercer going round yeah. and round. Just but- round and round. We're gonna because part of the extravaganza. <laughs> I heard that show's terrible. <laughs> part of the extravaganza. We are going to uh, have three segments this week. 
Yes, surprise, surprise. I mean, they're like a spread. human centipede. So, yeah. So, we're going to open with news here in a second, like we always do. The front then, then, we're going to do a review for uh, Friday the 13th. Yes. Which is the professor's part. Yes. yes. And then the third, the first, the third part, we're going to be doing uh, some memories of the past 100, talking about some of the things. down horrors on memory lane. Origin stories, etc. You know, the or- origin story of the professor, how he went from mild manner guy named Rafe to the alleged Perfect. smartest man in horror podcasting. Well, it's not Wait, promise letting anything. <laughs> well, yeah, no, no. The, the origin story. Like there the is super, no. There is no. There's Rafe. not anymore because there's a superhero story behind this. <laughs> there is no Rafe. There is only Professor. You gotta, he's kind of like so. You he's have literally like the opposite of Superman. Like yeah. he started out as, as Superman and he put on the glasses. And, and but I'm just know, gonna throw this out. He literally, he literally has uh, like maybe about 30, 40 minutes before he has to come up with the bullshit uh, superhero uh, yeah, story for I'm himself. On the, <laughs> he's on the clock. I've got nothing. Yeah, he's actually reading the cliff notes of the movie we're reviewing. Thank, thank you so. for uh, throwing me under the bus there. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like Brightburn, only you know, really yeah. bad, really bad. This is gonna be bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got yeah. Oh wow, it's more like Rugburn. So yeah, Rugburn. Good point. That's, that's Good what point. he is. That's what he is. That's the sequel, Rugburn. That's the sequel. That should be the sequel to Brightburn, Rugburn. All right. Well, with that, let's get this party started. You got some news, don't you? I sure do. And we got to start with, unfortunately, some sad news. As one of my favorite actresses of all time, one of the funniest ladies to ever grace us with her presence, Cloris Leachman, yes. from uh, known probably most, uh, I, I would say, from Young Frankenstein, where she pray, played Frau Blucher, uh, passed away this week at the age of 94. And that that one that one cut deep. Yeah, that that hurt. Um, she she was a class act, and uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, young Frankenstein. She was in the Mary Tyler Moore show, correct? Right? Yeah. Anybody? Um, I mean, even even her cameo in Beer Fest. Uh, if you yeah. guys, I mean, she's she just had a great sense of humor. Um, you know, she she was she was a dramatic actress, a comedic actress. She was in everything. She could do anything. Yeah, um, and ninety two. She was ninety two. Ninety four. Ninety four. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's not a shock, but still sad. Very sad. I like I said. I mean, Young Frankenstein is probably one of my all time favorite movies yeah. of any genre, and her role in that, Frau Blucher, and then of course the horse <laughs> yeah. goes off every time. Ooh. Boy, uh, she was great. Uh, she would, was so good in that movie. Would you like they some all brandy? Were. Everybody was perfect in that. Some, would you like some, some, vom, some vom milk? Vom milk? Ovaltine? Ovaltine? No. Good night. Thank Frau you. Blucher. Good night. <laughs> it was my boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. So that's that. It is a big loss. Uh, I think that she was still working pretty much not, not long up until her death. So yeah, she was a worker. Um, she, I mean, she was always doing something. And uh, yeah, I was I was talking to a friend of ours uh, via text message and the unfortunate uh, thing that happened talking about uh, the death of Cloris Leachman, her first name autocorrected to Clorox and Clorox uh, Bleachman, yes. Clorox Bleachman. But I think she would have appreciated the joke. Yeah, she um, actually she's got two movies coming out this year. Really? She was in two movies last year. She was in the Croods. Oh, so she was working right up until right up until the very hey, end. One of the greatest moments happened recently too, because she was on the roast of uh, Norm Macdonald. No, she was or, on the roast uh, of Bob Saget. The, well, I was and thinking which was of, amazing. Uh, the Norm Macdonald. Opening, 
her opening line when she's like he's she's talking about she's like wait a minute this is a roast of Bob Savick I thought this was the line to fuck John Stamos <laughs> yeah and then and then she literally the, the, my favorite her favorite line my favorite line she's like hey somebody needs to come up here and punch me in the face so I can see some stars <laughs> yeah. I was like this is the greatest <laughs> like and mind you at the time she was uh, you know in in her eighties yeah like fucking phenomenal well I was thinking of the yeah. Norm Macdonald bit where he was talking about Cloris Leachman's here. Um, some people say she'll, she's over the hill. Hell, she'll never get over the hill. Not in the car she drives. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then it cuts to her and she's just like, what? Like yeah. he was doing his non jokes. Like, yeah. <laughs> everybody's just like, what the hell is he doing? No, it was, it was great. The Bob Saget one was great because of, uh, she was, she was definitely one of the top. She's tiers. great. And Norm Macdonald is oh, yeah. like, Norm Macdonald's one of the funniest great. comedians ever. So, sad loss. Sad loss to, to a true comedic genius. A comedian. Yes. That she was. That she was. So we we pay our respects to her today, and uh, you know, just news that I didn't want to see. News I didn't want to have to to go over for our uh, for our 100th episode. But uh, well, thanks you know, for bringing she, it up. She definitely Mike. deserves. It. I know. I've just ruined everything, like I usually do. So. Yep. Uh, but we got much better news, much, much better news, much more positive news to go over next. And that's that Sean Cunningham has filed a new lawsuit. <laughs> In other <Yeah>. news, <laughs> fuck Sean Cunningham. This guy, yes. you know, this guy, he well, like I was reading up about like the start of the whole Friday the 13th franchise kind of like getting ready for the show. And, um, you know, like right out of the gate, this guy was like all about, uh, you know, with the title Friday the 13th what the movie was originally supposed to be called like a long night at camp blood or whatever. Yeah. And then like he, he didn't even write the movie and he was like, let's call it Friday the 13th. And then he like made a poster and sold it already. Like without a movie, without script. Yeah. To see like if anybody would sue to see like, you know, it was in like a, it was in a new. So he's already in that. He's already in that mode, you know, like he's already in that mind frame where he's just like court 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 money 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 this guy just he i don't like him it's a really it's a really weird and sad place that sean cunningham came from because i mean you got to remember his beginnings kind of paralleled alongside of west craven because they worked together yeah and then his breakout of course the breakout hit for cunningham on well allegedly on his own uh as we've come to find out over the past few years in lawsuits uh very convoluted was friday the 13th that was the one movie that he broke out on uh, without Wes Craven, yeah. but it looked like you know, and for the longest time he counted that as his sole success, which we, which we found out that uh, had more to do with Victor Miller and the story Victor Miller wrote, yeah. and hence why he won the lawsuits, and then he the lawsuit was upheld, and now we have more lawsuits because he can't take the hint that he lost. Yeah, yeah, and this time it's against Warner Brothers and Paramount so <laughs> over the franchise, over the franchise. Well, I mean, what? So you, what I, I, yeah, you have a one hit wonder director, like. Really, what else has he done? There's uh, I mean, he's another been the movie. producer. He's on been the, the producer series, on the whole, but... but he's been a producer on other movies as well. He's he's, got he's his, produced he's, stuff, but I'm talking about creatively. This guy, crea- well, th- technically, creatively, he's done Jack. Yeah, because he hasn't created anything. He's been the director a few times. Yeah, but he has never created anything. Like it's not he's never been his idea. Like it, when he was working with Wes Craven 
they were Wes Craven's ideas because they worked together on, I do believe, on both Last House on the Left and maybe Hills Have Eyes, but I know definitely Last House on the Left. And then there was another movie they worked together on as well. Well, even um, his his second movie, or not his second movie, but the follow-up to Friday the 13th movie directed afterwards. I was reading about this. Hold on just a second. Strangers oh, watching. Yeah, yeah, that isn't even like that's a script by the guy who wrote. Victor Buck- Miller wrote that too. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Earl Mac Rouch, who wrote uh, um, the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the years. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's my point. Like, and I'm not, and, I, and once again, I'm I'm not even going to crap on his success there because no, you know you get you. Well, no, I'm saying, but <laughs> the fact that this guy has conned people into believing that he was this great creator that invented all these things, when in reality he just attached himself to great writers, which is fine, yeah. and then kind of just rode that pony to the to the to the check gate, and that, but that's why i have a problem with this this is just straight greed from a guy who like listen in all intents and purposes just let all you had to do was give victor miller his due in pay and in credit all you had to do is when you made a new movie say characters created by sean cunningham and you could put you could even put yourself top bill because victor miller didn't care and victor miller as long as you put victor miller's name there and paid him yeah we wouldn't even have a lawsuit yeah but he can't do that because that means he has to share the money. Also, he the the original lawsuit means he he uh, which they're upholding means that he owes Victor Miller a ridiculous amount of money. And it's funny too because in all of the like documentaries and everything, the person always front and center is Sean Cunningham. Yeah, absolutely. Like in yep. Search of Darkness, I was I watched that last weekend. Very good, and I it was great. But of course, Sean Cunningham Sean all Cunningham over the place. Man. I'm like. Why not interview the guy who created the character? Because most people, I don't think most people knew. Yeah. Like, like honestly, because I mean, Victor Miller didn't get credit in the credits of these movies. Yeah. And that was part of the fright. It was just, yeah, written by for the original. Yeah. And then he didn't, I think he did. No, he didn't write any. No, he didn't. Yeah. yeah, He didn't write anything after that. That's, that's the problem. But he, they still should have put like other things do character created by yeah like batman created with the whole bill Bob finger Kane and bill finger yeah, yeah but bill, bill finger bill finger wasn't on there forever and then now they he corrected is. it thankfully yeah. they did because he was big mate bigger part oh yeah of it. bigger yeah. part of it but bob Kane was was the guy and when, and, bill, and of course no yeah. bill finger much like sean cunningham now i'm not not to the same extent but Bob Kane was smart enough that he made people sign away their rights so he could actually just claim to be the creator of Batman when Batman hit. <laughs> yeah. And later on in life, the only reason we know that they have Bill Finger in the movies and, and the books now as one of the creators is because DC was like, we, we got to do the right thing. Yeah. There was no lawsuit. DC was just like, we're just going to... Yeah, I, this guy created the I do believe of Christopher yeah. Nolan did it for the first time in Dark Knight. Maybe. Put yeah. Bill Finger as the creator of Batman. And uh, it was pretty much the nod of, hey, we need to give this person their due. Yeah. And and that was cool. On the other hand, we have Sean Cunningham, who's literally trying to sue everybody he can to keep this illusion that he is the creator of Friday the 13th. And although, yes, some of his ideas, I can't even remember. Find, find me who wrote part two, because that's who came up with the Jason Voorhees character, not Sean Cunningham. And and, and, and and I I hope I hope he didn't sign his shit away because he should sue too, uh, because the one thing that Victor Miller doesn't have is the the actual character of Jason. Although the name he does have the name. That's remember we used to make the joke that he'd have to make the uh, sequel with the hockey with the, calling him the hockey masked uh, serial killer. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
It was written by a guy named Ron, Ron Kurz and directed by Steve uh, Steve Miner. I knew it was directed by Steve Miner, but yeah. yeah, Ron Kurtz. So there you go. Ron Kurtz and Steve Miner created what we now know as Jason. I put, I'm putting money on it. And, and yeah. Cunningham didn't have anything to do. I don't know if it's his wife or what. There was somebody named Susan E. Cunningham that was the editor on it, but um, he didn't have anything to do with part two or nope. three or nope. four. Nope. He came back later with it the was the later count. ones. I think that he came back around. I could be mistaken, but I think it was after uh, New Line got a hold of it that he kind of. Well, circled, he, but yeah, Jason he, Goes to Hell was the next yeah. one he was involved with. He he so, yeah. probably he probably turned around and thought he was going to make all that money, man, like doing yeah. other things, like take that to make other things, and he didn't. Yeah. Like he, the funny part about Sean Cunningham is, with the exception of Friday the Thirteenth, he's really not remembered for anything else. Even though I just pointed out the fact that he did work on movies with Wes Craven early on. Yeah. yeah. So they're right. fourth, you know, you you, but you don't hear that you don't hear that name together. You don't hear people like, oh, man, he'll, you know, fucking Last House on the Left, which is brought up a lot. The original one. Nobody even. mentions Nobody Cunningham. Nobody mentions Cunningham. It's only Craven because Wes Craven's name is more synonymous with everything. I mean, if you really look at it, Wes Craven created two of the greatest franchises in the history of horror. And that's not even counting the other stuff he created. Yeah. And by the way, he wrote those stories. Maybe not completely, yeah. but he wrote them. He wrote Nightmare on Elm Street. He came up with Freddy Krueger. He That's... wrote. He wrote. He wrote Scream. Yeah. Well, I think. I think he wrote the treatment, and then I think he fixed it and edited it. Because I don't think he. I think he gave himself like just basically a, a very small writing credit for that movie. Yeah. But he did write the treatment that then the script was based upon. So there it is. I mean, Cunningham never did that. There's no really writing credits to his thing. And if anything that's in the writing credits, from what we understand, is all him adding something in after the fact. Yeah. Like his writing credit to Friday the 13th is legitimately the name. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. it. And I mean, I'm sorry, man. And, and once again, we shouldn't be having this conversation about the guy. If you wanted to be a legend, all you had to do was when questions were brought. First of all, that'd be a scumbag to begin with. But secondly, when questions <laughs> yeah. were when questions were brought up, Put Victor's Miller's name in any future movies, or if you can edit them into any future releases of the original movies as well, because yeah. you can. Yeah. Because uh, we just had the Blu-ray set come out. What was it? Last year or the year before? This the newest one? Year. The newest one? Yeah, this past year. So you could have added his name in there, or added it somewhere in the like, hey, listen, just a shout out in the beginning of the DVD, you know, yeah. or the Blu-ray, I should say, hey, you know, Victor Miller cre cre you know, created the, the concept. You could have done that and paid the man money and we wouldn't be in this predicament. And you could be making a new movie and making some money because Hollywood is paying out the wazoo for horror movies now. Yeah. Yeah. And something tells me that the thing with Victor Miller is about to finally be resolved. And that's why he's pulling this stunt. Well, uh, yeah. I just, from what I know, understand. Call it a hunch. But um, I just want to read what the Hollywood reporter okay. is, is, you know, how they uh, reported this. Uh, this is a direct quote from them. Friday the 13th producer Sean Cunningham has launched a new lawsuit over net profits from over net profits, excuse me, from the horror franchise. According to a complaint filed on Thursday in Los Angeles Superior Court, the studios distributing the films have systematically misaccounted contingent compensation. So what that says to me is blah 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 blah. We're never going to get another Friday the 13th movie again. What it says to me is uh, they're going to uphold Victor Miller's uh, court case in the appeals, too. and he's trying to get Paramount to Paramount and uh, Warner Brothers to pay for it. Yeah. yeah, that's what he's that's what he's trying to do because he doesn't want to come out of his own pocket for the millions because it's literally millions of dollars he owes once that's upheld. Yeah, yeah. So and it's not like he can say, "Well, I don't have it." Like that the, that shit only works to not pay a lawsuit if you don't have the money. 
he has the money and the liquid assets. I mean, he could sell one of his uh, four over a million dollar houses. Yeah. I thought you were going to say kidneys. No, 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 seriously. He has, I, I think we talked about it before. He has four houses that all are over a million dollars. So sell one of those and a few other things, and uh, you can you can definitely have it back. Hard hard to feel bad for somebody who has four million dollar homes. I, I agree, but <laughs> my, the, my point of the matter is, it would cost him nothing to yeah. have settled this and been a decent human being years yeah. ago. Yeah, I don't know. The whole thing kind of when I saw this pop up, I was like, at first I saw the picture of Jason's mask from the remake. Uh, and this was on bloodydisgusting.com. And I'm like, oh, oh, I know that they're getting ready to do, you know, the, getting ready to um, settle the, the lawsuit here. Maybe it was settled or maybe they've got a new movie that's been announced. No, <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Shot me right down. Um, and really, the what, what's the real moral of the story here, Rich? Fuck Sean Cunningham. You got it. You got it. So, uh, you know, one way or another, I hope that if he makes any money off of this that he enjoys rolling around in it like scrooge mcduck and his money bin because he you know we're, we're all suffering as, as fans of the series you know we wanted this that you know they they ruined uh the comeback that was made to slashers when halloween 2018 came out and did so did so well you know this we, we should have had a sequel by now it's been over 10 years there there probably would have been sequels in between somewhere oh, yeah. another remake Absolutely. something but there definitely would have been something after halloween did so well and Bush. um thank you you know this. This really, this really bothers me to see this. I mean, the, how much greed is there from from one man? Not you enough. know, just it, it proves once again how greedy people can be in this world. And you know, he's he's a perfect example of that. And um, I, I don't know. I just hope that this isn't going to hold it up forever going forward here. So you know, time will tell. But from his cold right dead hands, yeah. I mean, looking this over, he wasn't producer, writer, anything on any of them until Jason goes to hell. He produced the so, first one. That's what I'm saying. After the first, but from, oh, oh, from, okay. two, yeah, yeah, from yeah. two through eight, he had nothing to do with them. Yeah. Unless he was like the, I, I don't know. Somewhere until the, back, the 90s the, came around and, the, and he ran out of his money and, the, and then he was like, well, the oh, Mancusos, and the best and the Mancusos were the ones that were produced, like executive producers yeah. on the series. So I can't say that he was somewhere like his film studio was doing it because it was the Mancusos that were doing it with, with Paramount. The best, so, the, the best part of all of that is that when he came back in the fold uh, for uh, Jason Goes to Hell, uh, mm-hmm. they have that great documentary by the director, and it was Sean Cunningham's genius idea that uh, I, I'm tired of seeing Jason on the screen, so let's just do this without the hockey mask and Jason. Yeah. Yeah. It was his genius idea to do that. Think about that for yeah. a minute. The guy who comes in and produces like, yeah, this is a great script that you wrote up. I think I think this is great, uh, except for, you know, the star of the movie, the, the, the person the whole synopsis about? We need to get rid of him. I remember being a kid and running that movie and being so pissed off when, like, Jason was not in the movie. I was like, wait, what? What? <laughs> like I said, uh, the, that documentary is out now. So yeah. if you get a chance to check it out, I forgot the name of the title of it. But uh, let's do Jaws out. without the shark. Yeah, let's do like that's the genius idea a guy has. Like, yeah, you know what? This is a successful thing. Well, I mean, let's I guess just get rid of him. I guess like counterpoint to what I was saying, they most of Jaws was without the shark. <laughs> ah, but it worked out in Jaws because that animatronic would have sucked. Yeah, that's true. And it created a whole nother Jason atmosphere. Jason looks cool. Yeah, Jason's Jason looks cool. 
in all his forms. Jason works. Except for in Goes <laughs> to Hell. Jason goes to work. Jason goes to work. There's a new movie for $40 films. <laughs> $40 films. Jason goes to work. He gets a Sits job working at a fast food restaurant. He, ch- he clocks cubicle, in. Cubicle, cubicle. He has to be yeah. sitting Ooh, in a no, cubicle. Oh, no, no, no. He's got to work at a, a grocery store so he can just cut produce. That's all he does all day is cut produce. <laughs> be so uh, good. Doing what he loves. Coming soon from $40 films. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on. Uh, this actually is kind of good news. Uh, the first good news we've had this week. Uh, also from the Hollywood Reporter, uh, they are reporting that we're getting a new Cloverfield. And uh, this time, it's actually going to be a real sequel to the original. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, yeah. So the only only details that have been given is that it will not be a found footage film. More, yep, I've heard about More that. kaiju all the time, my yeah. friends. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, okay, as somebody who very much so enjoys 10 Cloverfield, ain't eh? yeah, love Great it. Great movie. Yeah, I do too. Great I do too. movie. Uh, but it's not, it's a, not a true to sequel. It. No. I, I, that's what I'm saying. It's not a true sequel. So I'm I'm excited to see the true sequel. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we get a little bit of sequel at the end of 10 Cloverfield Lane, but let, let me be honest. What, the reason 10 Cloverfield Lane is in, it's such an amazing movie is that psycho thriller that you get for the most of it. The, yeah. Out of like the hour and a half runtime, the, the hour the hour and yeah. 15 minutes John of Goodman the actual psycho thriller is great. Oh, Showing it's amazing. That, that guy is one of the most underrated actors of all time. He's, he's a so personal amazing. favorite of mine as well. Oh, I, I, think, I think he's great in everything. I think he's the one of the greatest actors, period. Yeah. If you've um, never seen the movie Fallen, by the way, with Denzel Washington. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's so good in that. Also, well, another underrated actor from that movie, Elias Codius. Awesome yes. actor. Oh, yeah. I also oh, want yeah. to point out, if uh, and it's, it goes a long line with podcasting and also with horror movies, Red State, Kevin Smith's uh, first yeah. horror film. Yep. Which I don't know which how one? that caught a Red State. I don't know how I've that caught a that. bad. I don't know how it caught a bad rap. It's actually a good Red, movie. Red State is an excellent. Michael Parks is phenomenal movie. in that yeah. movie, and John Goodman is phenomenal yeah. in that movie. Well, and it's it, it has a lot of fun twists and turns oh, to yeah. it. it. You can never see where it's going. Uh, towards the end, there's a scene that has some very heavy religious implications. I mean, the whole thing is religious. Religious implications. But like, yeah. there's something that happens like <laughs> that's very biblical. And, I love. And I my jaw dropped. I was like, "Holy shit, is this really happening?" By the way, the greatest part of that is when he's did because basically Cause they pull the rug the, right Basically, out from the story you. is told through a deposition from John Goodman's character, who's a detective. Yeah, and they go back through and they tell this deposition, and but it's it's really cool. There's some really cool moments. If you haven't seen, it, I don't want to give it away. And to go to his part, the best part is after this big biblical thing happens, they cut to the deposition room. Yeah, and John Goodman is sitting there. And the person goes, so what happened? And he <laughs> then tells what actually happened. And it's amazing. And it's amazing. <laughs> and then, you know, th- that's basically almost the end of the movie because the next thing you see is Michael Parks in his singing cell. In his and cell. he's singing yeah. in his cell. But Michael Parks, uh, the late, great Michael Parks is phenomenal yeah, as well. Yeah, uh, I can't, can't, uh, I love that guy. Michael oh, Parks, yeah. I, I fell in love with, I didn't really know who he was until Red State. And then I realized, holy shit, he's the guy in Kill Bill, Kill Bill mm-hmm. 2. Um, like he's he's the Spanish guy in Kill Bill two, and then he plays uh, the sheriff in Kill Bill one, yep. investigating the death of the bride or like the, the close death of the bride. There, um, this guy is one of the best actors. That of course, ever he's also lived. in Tusk. Yeah, Tusk. Great role for him in Tusk. Tusk is another Kevin Smith rocked the two horror movies that he did. Yeah, I'm waiting for Moose Jaws. Get Moose Jaws. I to really us. want to see Moose Jaws. And I don't instead think we're it's getting clerks, instead of we're getting clerks three. Yeah, which, okay. I, I was so pumped for Moose Jaws. But um he, Tusk is not everybody's cup of tea. It's out there. But my God. Oh I love that there movie. There is nothing quite like the it. Spider? You here for the you here for the spider is a big <laughs> yeah, fucking spider. Yeah. 
Uh, by the way, Mike, do you do you know about Moose Jaws? I do not. I, I just want to tell you about the synopsis of it is because it hasn't been made yet, but yeah. it's basically Jaws with a moose in Canada. In Canada, well, um, <laughs> the true north. It's supposed to be the true, true north, north trilogy. trilogy. Yeah, um, and we got huh. the two first parts of it, which were, uh, which was Tusk and, and Yoga, Yoga Hosers, Hosers which, which is more of a comedy cutesy movie. But I liked it. I actually dug it. I, I was fifty fifty. The ending, I was crying laughing it was it's great the it's really great. funny by the way justin long in that movie is hilarious yeah. as, as yogi bear yeah <laughs> uh also also the best part about it is what ties all those movies together is gila point and you know who gila point is in the first movie but in the credits he's listed as gila point playing gila point yeah and it's johnny depp yeah and you found people found out that way that him and kevin smith are actually really good friends yeah and their their daughters are best friends yeah. so johnny depp came and worked for next to nothing yeah to do this character and he's phenomenal well and in, there's like the scene in the middle of tusk where michael parks and johnny depp are on screen together and i you know the movie kind of comes scene. to grind so good it kind of comes to a grinding halt but it's Basically, what I think happened is Kevin Smith just had these two great actors who like just do whatever you want. It's a spider scene, but the spider scene is great. It's a but fucking it's, spider. But there's also like an underlying really scary moment mm -hmm. there because like you know what Michael Parks' character is doing inside the house. Inside the house is fucked up. But you have this completely incompetent, seeming and seemingly incompetent. He's pretty uh, much incompetent the whole time. He's mostly, let's be but he's when he when he needs to kick ass, he kicks ass. I guess. Oh yeah, it's great. But anyways, I know we got off topic there, but that's that's basically uh, can't can't, can't go speak wrong. well enough about Red State Tusk those movies. If you haven't seen them, you need to. And that, and that all came from John Goodman, which I know he won't be in this yeah. Cloverfield sequel, but. With that being said, I just oh, wanted yeah, to give. We I wanted, well, no, that's what. It, no, but I wanted to give the proper due to Cloverfield Lane. Oh, yeah, yeah. But this, I'm excited for because I like Kaiju. Obviously, I'm getting Godzilla and Kong in like a month and some yeah. change. Uh, I'm I'm all in for another Kaiju film, and because uh, let's be honest, that's all Cloverfield really is. Yeah, and and I'm in. I'm in. The monster is a cool monster. It's a great design. Um, I want to see more about where it came from what happened i mean the cloverfield paradox kind of explained things hopefully they forget that that happened i yeah <laughs> i let's retcon everything except for like because you can still keep that you was. can still keep 10 cloverfield lane in yeah, the end because that happens before the events anyway well, well during the events originally originally um overlord was supposed to be in the cloverfield yeah. universe yeah i know and uh i would have liked to see all that kind of stuff play out because i could see like something had ripped a hole in dimensions or space or yeah. something that allowed these creatures to come into the, you know, there's, there's a lot of cool stuff in the marketing. Like if you read into the backstory of uh, Cloverfield and like its initial marketing campaign and all oh, yeah. the stuff for 10 Cloverfield lane, there's a lot of really cool stuff going on. And yeah, I haven't seen 10 Cloverfield lane in a long time, but wasn't that more like robots though? It was aliens. It was alien robots or they, they were bioorganic. Yeah, or, or uh, they um, were monsters. They were bioorganic. Bio they were uh, what is it? Biomechanic. Biomechanic. Yeah, yeah. Well, some of them were. But the, the ones in the they were organic. The organisms. one that's changing her in the field is just straight monster. Yeah, the one that's flying is more of a biomechanical one. Yeah, because it's like a ship, but it also has fleshy parts. Yeah, it's it's kind of like those uh, things from the Avengers movie. Yeah, hmm. but yeah, I, I, I'm I'm in. I'm in. That's all I need to know. I am too. I am too. I love Cloverfield. I love it. That's 
one of the better found footage films, in my opinion. Yeah. So great cast, great, great story. That was Matthew. It was Vaughan? done well. Was that Matt? Wait, who? Matt Reeves. That was Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves. The Batman. Matt Reeves. Yes. That's, he's uh, directing that. Maybe so. there will. Maybe maybe the Batman that's coming out is actually part of the Cloverfield. Universe. What would be? Yeah. So he. So he. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he fights. Uh, he fights a giant monster with giant spiders. It, it, it turns out to be it. Clayface. Yeah. It's Clayface. <laughs> the the Cloverfield monster is Clayface. The, the Cloverfield Clayface. There we go. Anyways. Anyways, a couple Anywho. more stories here to get through. Uh, James Wan's Malignant, his Jallo-like film that we've been hearing about for the last couple of years. Uh, it's been given a September 10th release date. It will be in theaters and HBO Max that day. Well, there's always room for Jallo. <laughs> Didn't I? Oh. <laughs> oh. I see what you did there. Wow. I see what you did hey. there. Oh. I see it. I'll be here all week. Yeah, yeah, you will. You certainly will. I I, I don't even know what to say after that. So <laughs> might as well just wrap up the news segment so we can get you to shut up for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. Escape Room 2 has been delayed until January 7th of 2022. Well. Yeah, that's it. That, <laughs> well, there you have it. Yeah. That's all I got for it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you There's guys always room for Jallo? Did you guys oh. all, did you guys see the escape room one? Of course. I did not see that. Oh, that's oh, you'd like it. It's a fun movie. Fun? Fun movie. Very fun movie. Uh, I I really think you'll enjoy that one. I mean it's it's no lighthouse, but it's it's <laughs> it's a fun movie. What's so, yeah, wait, the, let's backpedal here a bit. What's the word on malignant? Any so it's a Jallo type movie. Any idea what? Is, no, everything's been kept very, very quiet about it. So there hasn't really been a whole lot of information at all to come out about it, other yeah. than it's going to be a Jalo. Cool, and that it's directed by James Wan. Yeah, so. well, I mean, I James Wan is uh, easy sell for me. The guy is a master. Yeah, he really is. You know, there's not much that he's done that really wasn't good. Uh, you can make. You can make a case for Dead Silence, but even that, I think that's a pretty creepy movie. It I've just never falls as it goes. That's actually the one I have not seen. Um, the one I love, which I guess wouldn't really be a horror movie, but Death Sentence with Kevin Bacon, um, his revenge movie that he did. Uh, I haven't seen that. Oh, holy shit! You have to. It's so good. It's like it's everything. Like I don't even know why they remade Death Wish because Death Sentence is so good like yeah yeah it's insane uh kevin bacon's son who like just graduated from college or whatever gets murdered in like a gas station hold up or something and kevin bacon just like goes bonkers and like gets in way over his head and the whole revenge kick thing and it's it's cool it's a really cool movie i think it was was it his second or third movie um but it's really good uh yeah this was that was the third movie that he directed yeah james Wan. um awesome director yeah he did saw and dead silence before that and okay. followed that up a couple years later with insidious and then the conjuring yep so um yeah i mean there's not much he hasn't done right i have not seen aquaman but i heard it was good love it um i i know that the second one is supposed to be more of a horror movie yeah well the so. whole the whole trench scene um is really cool in aquaman and then well, he did all the like sea beasts and right you know like that whole mythologies uh, it was really cool he was awesome he did yeah. it looks like no other superhero movie 
Fair enough. All right. Yeah. That's all I got for the news for this week. Awesome. So if you'd like to talk about anything we talked about in the news or give your opinions on anything, or, you know, just, you know, reach out and say hello to us, you can do that on social media. We're HorrorZone607 on Facebook. Like and share the page at HorrorZone607 on Twitter and Instagram. Hashtag HZ607 when talking about the show. Visit 8122productions.com to get all the information about what we do at 8122productions and more stuff in there. We're adding stuff all the time. And uh, it's going to be awesome. And thanks for being along for the ride. Of course, you can support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash 8122productions for as little as $1 a month. And you get a ton of extra bonus content and uh, having a lot of fun. And, of course, uh, Mike C. says that uh, Spooky Mike might return to uh, uh, Love is Scary at some point in Juncture. So. Yeah, there's a rumor that uh, Spooky Mike's going to make his way back to the good doctor. Yeah, there you go. Well, with that being said, though, we are going to uh, first we are going to get a trivia question. But when we come back from that, uh, the break after the trivia question, we're going to be talking about Friday the 13th. So, Mike, what's the trivia question this week? And I actually just want to say that since we're going to do three segments, I've got two trivia questions for you guys. Two. It's a supersized show, so we're going to have supersized trivia questions here. So for the first trivia question for this week, this 2007 sci-fi horror film that is set in Bridgeton, Maine was based on a 1980 novella by Stephen King. One more time, this 2007 sci-fi horror film that is set in Bridgeton, Maine was based on a 1980 novella by Stephen King. The answer right after the break. Hey, this is Dustin Perry from Ghost Hunters and Ghost Hunters International, and you listen to Horror Zone 607. Welcome back to the zone. Before the break, we asked this week the first trivia question, the Horizon trivia uh, question of the week. Uh, there will be a second one later on, but we asked the first one before the break. The question was: This 2007 sci-fi horror film that was set in Bridgeton, Maine, was based on a 1980 novella by Stephen King. And I know the professor knows this one, but Rich, do you have an answer? Uh, well, I've I've now zoned out twice when you've asked the question, so I didn't hear the question, but. <laughs> My answer, my answer without hearing the question, and I'm actually not lying about the first time I didn't hear the question because I zoned out. But anyways, uh, my answer <laughs> is the infamous Haley Mills. Uh, no. Silver bullet. No. Bullshit. This is why we're not succeeding. So, um, it's uh, The Mist. You're correct. It is The Mist. The answer is The Mist. Uh, awesome movie. Great horror movie. Classic at this point. If you get a chance, watch the black and white version. Yes, it's I so have that Blu-ray with that, and it is cool. It, the creatures, and that's actually, yeah. That, uh, uh, what's his name? The, uh, the director there, Fra- Frank Darabont. Yeah, Frank Darabont. One of my, I'm drawing a blank here. He's one of my favorite directors. He actually intended for it to be in black and white right from the start, but it yeah. didn't end up going that way. Well, what's cool about it is it does capture that old classic movie type because it is a classic movie setup, you know, like an old yeah. school horror movie like The Blob, which also he uh, wrote the script for um, the 1980s remake of The Blob. If um, 
if, yeah. it, that, that's such a good movie as well. You know, I got to tell you, too, I actually just a couple of months ago saw the original Blob for the first time. Really? And it's not often that I say that a remake is superior to the original. I get what it was for its time. Yeah, yeah. You know, before people got desensitized with everything that there is now. I get, you know, where it could have been a creepy thing back in its day. But, man, Darabont's is the, so much better. The Blob remake is one of the best. It should be up there with The Thing. John Carpenter's The Thing. I don't as, think it's quite as, that good. And, and David Cronenberg's The Fly. I, I think it's a close third to those two. And I said Darabont's. I know that he wrote it. It was Chuck Russell that directed it. But but Darabont's fingerprints are all over it. Yeah. And yeah, it was starring Haley Mills. Yeah. And it was starring Haley Mills, and it took place in Haley Mills. But Haley Mills, it's so it's so gory, and it's so disturbing, and no one is safe in that movie, in the Blob yeah. remake. Like, now, this, I just want to so say, it, it came out, I was 10 years old when it came out, and I was still very, very, very much afraid of horror movies at yeah. that point in my life. And I remember the commercial, um, the, the trailer for it was the guy. I don't know if he was working in a restaurant, if he was the cook. Oh, or getting what. sucked down the drain. Get sucked down the drain. Oh. And I was afraid to take a bath, a shower, that wash shit. my hands. I was afraid to be anywhere near what a sink. Scared, scared the shit out of me. Um, yeah. The the thing that got me is the old man who discovers the blob when he's in the hospital bed. Um, it gets on his arm or whatever. They bring him to the yeah. hospital, and then the football player goes in to check on the old man. And the old man's eyes are all white and his, he's all like drained and like, yep. it, it, it's scary. I, that movie. Oh my God. It's so gory and nasty and scary. It's so good. Well, I thought was a good the football movie. player guy was going to be like one of the yeah. final people. They set, you know? they set him up as the main character and then boom, yeah. he's gone. It, it yeah. like no one is safe. All bets are off. And that's, what's cool about the mist. The mist is, uh, I mean, Darabont's one of the best. If I, I just wish he had been able to stick with Walking Dead, you know, he did the first two seasons, which were excellent. Um, this guy needs to do more things. Yeah, I'm surprised that he doesn't have a bigger body of work. But what he does have, I mean, you got the Shawshank Redemption, which anybody that hasn't seen that movie will if, when they finally see it. You know, I, I think that most people agree it's one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah, that, that's my opinion. Anyway, the Green Mile was excellent. The Majestic, if you've never Ma- seen the Majestic, Majestic that is a fantastic is really- movie. And overlooked. Nobody even really knows that. It Nobody knows anymore. what it is. Yeah. And Jim Carrey, um, I, I'm not a big fan of Jim Carrey's work, but he plays a very serious role in that movie, and it's one of the best. The Majestic and Truman Show, like alone, Jim Carrey. Yeah. Jim Carrey. I thought he was better in The Majestic than The Truman Show, though. I mean, he yeah. he he should have been nominated for an Academy Award for The Majestic. He was so good. Yeah. And uh, that's that may I don't know that may be my favorite Darabont movie, either that or Shawshank is. Uh, the, the, mist, course, the mist, the, the mist Walking is my, Dead. Yeah, the mist you know, is my but, favorite of Darabont's. Shawshank's yeah. better. Like the mist just is so like it's everything a horror I, movie should listen, be. I like the mist. Don't get me wrong, but Shawshank's a better movie. Oh. Also, yeah, also, I, I Stephen, would say also a Stephen King. Also a Stephen King book. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, he he and Stephen King go way back. Oh, yeah. They just yeah. They they go back to they grade get school. Each other. They hung out. Uh, he Do was on the side. Of, he was on the side of the road eating a Twinkie the day that uh, Stephen got hit by the van. You know, kind of shit like that. Yeah, and of course he also oh, wrote a Nightmare on Elm Street three, The Dream Warriors. Yeah, yeah the 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 lesser version, the non West Craven version. He's the writer. I'm, I'm, he's credited I'm, as the writer. I know. I'm joking. Oh, the, I know. For the West Craven version, that is yeah, would have been fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> but would that, have cost would have. what would have cost yeah. like four hundred million dollars. But whatever. 
in 1984. I don't, I don't really, it wasn't 400 million, but it was, it was, it was rumored to be around a hundred million dollars. Wow. If you would have, if if you would have, if he would have done his version, because there was all sorts of, because we got to remember back then practical. And there was a one point juncture in that film. Like there was supposed to be like some ridiculous, like 50 foot Freddy. Yeah. At some point in juncture, like in the West Craven one, that that effect alone back then practically would have cost a shit ton of they money. They built a fifty foot frame. They would have just if they the only way they could have done it cheap is if they went to Universal and they took the the the, the ape suit off of King Kong on the ride <laughs> yeah. and put a Freddy suit onto it. But outside of that, they weren't making it cheaper. So yeah. Anyways. I digress. So good, good question. Next, uh, the next one I'll, I'll actually listen to. I don't know where I was staring off in space. And then when you repeated the question, I actually knew the answer. But I was committed to the damn joke. <laughs> to Haley Mills. Yeah, yeah, and I figured the call back on the hundredth episode to Haley Mills. It's got to be a thing. Uh, so with that being said, let's let's switch it on over. It is time for a little review ski. And if we're gonna have a hundredth episode, that means we got to review a heavy, heavy heavy hitter and i'm going to point this out with the exception of the halloween movies which we've never really actually done the full real review of them yet we've covered them in their own month uh in our, one of our halloween fests uh but we've never actually covered them in review form which we could do someday we've actually never done the big franchises we've never yeah. done nightmare on elm street we've never we talk about them but we've never yeah. reviewed those yeah, don't movies. tell the professor that he thinks that we've we've reviewed it 17 times it feels like it so in a hundred well, <laughs> well, as i pointed out it, it goes back to you compare movies to other movies and yeah, yeah. of course you compare everything to the heavy hitters so eventually we're gonna have to do these franchises but we figure for the hundreds what are we gonna do well we talked about halloween not review style but we've talked about it in its own month even yeah. We've we've talked about Nightmare on Elm Street because I get my Freddy's Dead reference in every episode. So, I mean, we, we talk about it. Is that a Freddy's Dead reference? No, no. That's not the mental. Not yet. <laughs> we'll get there. And last but certainly not least, that Name leaves him. one franchise left. It's a major franchise. And we talk about it because fuck Sean Cunningham. But in <laughs> and, and, and the fact that there's no new movie. But that, of course, is Friday the 13th. So for the 100th episode, we, we thought, what can we do? We are going to review the original 1980 classic Friday the 13th. Yeah. Yeah, it's right. You know what? I, I just want to say we, we better be careful because Sean Cunningham might slap a lawsuit on us if we keep saying Yeah, whatever. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck with that. You can, we you don't can, have anything. He, he can sue me for the pot, uh, the, the pot that I piss in in the window. I don't have to throw it out. So. Yeah. No. <laughs> Suck at Sean Cunningham. Anyways, uh, so let's interview him for the show. Let's, see if, let's reach yeah, out to him. Let's get him so the release. I have some questions for you, Cunningham. <laughs> So let's dive in because I uh, get into this. Uh, the re- the release date, according to IMDb, of course, uh, May 9th, 1980. Uh, country of origin, by the way, USA. Go figure. Uh, it was filmed in New Jersey, as we all know. Joyzy. Uh, the budget of the film was $550,000, and that's estimated. They don't actually have a real budget. That is the estimated budget of the film. It's opening weekend. Uh, which would have been finished on May 11th, 1980. It made $5,816,321 in its opening weekend. That was in 1980. That's pretty good money. And it's it's complete box office in the U.S. because uh, they don't have a worldwide number for it. Its complete box office was $39,754,601. Raked it up. 
So for 550000 they made a shit ton of money. Of course, as we talked about before, Friday the 13th was written uh, by IMDb. Only has one writer credit, by the way. Oh, shit. And the writer credit is Victor Miller. No way. And the director is Sean Cunningham. Yeah. Uh, and it was also produced by Sean Cunningham. Go figure. Uh, stars, the top, we go to the top build, of course, uh, Betsy Palmer, Adrian King, who's a close personal friend of Mike C's. Uh, yes, she is. Of course, Kevin Bacon. And uh, it goes on. We're not going to go over everybody in the movie. We just it's had, Bacon! We just, we just had to mention <laughs> Kevin Bacon, because... And know. I just also want to mention that I, this, I've gotten a hug and a kiss from I Kevin mean, King. The, this was clearly... Obviously, after Animal House, how did he do anything between this and Animal House? No, because this Animal is this is pre House. this is pre Footloose. Yeah, he is not. He didn't even get Footloose yet. Guy hasn't even aged. It's insane. This is way before Tremors. Like for thirty years, it didn't look like Kevin Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. Kevin, no, Kevin Bacon Kevin does Smith. not look like Kevin Smith. That's, that's ironic. <laughs> Kevin Bacon did not age. Uh, recently, he looks a little older, but man. <laughs> I think you just I think you just lost us with the uh he hasn't aged. By the way, the film was initially viewed by Cunningham as a way to pay the bills and it ended up working well beyond his expectations. So See, his whole, that's exactly what, and that's from IMDb. That's exactly what I'm talking about when like right out of the gate he was automatically like, "Oh, money, 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 money." This guy doesn't care about story, he doesn't care about fans. He doesn't care about anything but money and himself. Of course, Tom Savini was the makeup effects artist on this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. Going for that. Come on, come on, come on. Uh, of course, as as we know, most of the locations set were already there. The crew only had to build the bathroom set, which I think Mike's talked about in the past. And that cost yeah. $550,000. That's, that's the biggest <laughs> expense the on the movie. <laughs> that was it. They didn't pay any of the actors. It was just the set in the bathroom. The only actor they didn't actually kill was Kevin Bacon. And of course, before we go into it, I got to point it out because Mike will remind us anyways. The movie was filmed at Camp Nobiosco in New Jersey. The camp is still in operation. And it has a wall of Friday the 13th memorabilia. Time of the movie. And of course, now in Blairstown, they also have a museum. So, Have, have I ever mentioned that I've been there? Yes. Uh, we, I actually interviewed you on this show about your last <laughs> visit there a couple years ago. <laughs> So, so there's that, there's that, there's yeah. that as well. And then COVID hit or else actually we were on our way back there not to go. We weren't going to do the tour, but we were going to go down on April the 13th of this last year. And, uh, yeah, something happened. It didn't anyway. quite happen, but maybe, maybe when we're vaccinated. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. If we get vaccinated. Well, maybe we'll have to see what this year brings, but let's dive into what we think. And I mean, uh, let's be honest. We're not going to break the entire movie down. Cause I think you guys all know what happened on Friday the 13th. Is there anybody who doesn't know what happened on Friday the Thirteenth? Professor, well, apparently the let's, professor let's do, doesn't. Professor, uh, you 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 have a favorite scene though. Yeah, um, my favorite scene is when uh, that girl is swimming in the lake, and uh, Jason uh, arrows the guy in the boat there, and she she swims for cover under the dock, and then uh, uh, professor she pr- she gets stabbed in the head, and then there's this shot where um, like Jason pulls up the knife. Professor. And then her boobs are... I don't remember it being so gratuitous. Professor, did you watch the wrong movie again? What, Friday the 13th? Yeah, you're supposed to watch the 1980 version. What? No, he watched the original one. Wait a minute. Not, <laughs> you don't know about the 1980 oh, version? Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, did I watch dude. the wrong one? It's the burning all over again, ladies and gentlemen. Burning. 
Yeah, he's ready to give a, a synopsis of the burning finally. Ironically enough, the burning is a And then they approach the boat and this guy jumps out Dude. with with uh hedge clippers. One of the greatest one of the greatest scenes in any movie by the way. Oh yeah, it, is. it really is. But anyways, uh, but the, that woman and the uh, yeah. So let's dive. Let's dive in. I mean, I like we don't have to go to the particulars. I would just say let's talk about some of our you know favorite moments of the movie and then give our rating. Should we do a quick plot summary? Quick plot summary. Go ahead. Uh, counselors arrive to fix up a abandoned old Camp Crystal Lake, which is being fixed up and reopened after a tragedy in the 1950s, right? Yes. And uh, two counselors were murdered in the 1950s. The camp is cursed. They're opening it up. People start dying. Things get go haywire. Good point. That yeah. sums it up pretty well. That actually yeah. is a good spot summary. Uh, so on. So let's go through. Obviously, this is the you know it, as many ways as people are like you can hear the arguments all the time about whether uh, Texas Chainsaw was the first slasher film or whether Halloween was, which of course or Psycho that, or, or you know Peeping it, Tom. But the what we know as the slasher film really was kind of Halloween inspired. If that's the case, it's kind of like that SLC punk uh, comment about when somebody's like, who started it, the Ramones or the Sex Pistols? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter which one. And then the Clash perfected it about punk. And that's what happens here. It doesn't matter if it was Texas Chainsaw, Psycho, or Halloween that started the slasher genre. Friday the 13th perfected it in 1980. uh, And gave us the tropes that would go on to create every other one since then. Even even the sequels to some of those movies were really based on what happened in Friday the 13th and body counts. Because you got to remember, Halloween doesn't have a massive body count. And it's not really gory either. No. Whereas this movie has a a sizable body count. It's not the biggest in the franchise, don't get me wrong. But it also has some really great scenes. There's really awesome, you know, Savini does an amazing job on the effects. Uh, Of course, all practical because back then there was no CG. And uh, it's it's amazing. It's gratuitous in so many different ways because there's some gratuitous sex. There's some gratuitous nudity. And there's definitely gratuitous violence. Uh, And at the end of the day... I love the the original movies, the takeaways of having kind of the uh, Halloween-esque stalking. Like the way the camera moves, very much Halloween-esque, stalking you, the victims. And the fact that it's a whodunit the whole time. Yeah, there's a... um, So for me, Friday the 13th was never a favorite of mine. And um, I always thought like Freddy is more interesting, Michael Myers is more interesting... Um, and you know, there's, there's a lot like Chucky, all that stuff. I was just like, ah, Jason, eh, but, um, I, I did love Jason as a kid, you know, um, when I first got into horror movies, of course you have to get kind of your education, you know, somehow. And it started with Friday the 13th after I went through all the Halloween movies that I moved right into Friday the 13th. And then, you know, I watched other things and it kind of fell by the wayside rewatching it. Um, I'm, I I like it more now than I ever have. And it like the acting is actually really good. Um, the, the story's not bad at all either. Like it's a mystery. Um, there's plenty of red herrings, you know, like Ralph, uh, crazy Ralph. He could be the killer, uh, for time. Uh, Christie, Steve Christie could be the killer until that diner scene where, you know, like you see that he's not actually at the camp. Um, but like, you know, there, one of the, uh, bill could be the killer. Um, they set that up a little bit cause he's always seems to be gone, you know, when these people are uh, getting killed and you know, like there's plenty of red herrings to keep it interesting. My favorite thing about this though. And the, like this movie scared, 
scared me to death at the very end the first time I saw it when I was a kid when Jason jumps out of the water at her. Um, I love that the movie has no supernatural elements whatsoever throughout the whole thing. This is just like straight up someone's murdering somebody, you know, and it turns out to be uh, Pamela. Was it Pamela Voorhees? Yes. And anyways, um, so like there's nothing supernatural. So that ending when he pops out of the lake is genuinely shocking because like there's no precedent for like that to happen. Like there's nothing that like this kid's been dead for 20 years, 30 years. You know, there's there's no reason to expect that something's going to jump out of the lake at her. Yeah, um, the dream sequence is it, great. It's it, is it a dream? Yeah, well that well at the time you don't know that. But yeah. the, the dream sequence is great. Yeah. Uh which was also something that was added towards the end of filming because they didn't, you know, they didn't know yeah. what they had. There was as we just, we just said one of the trivia questions, Sean Cunningham just looked at it as a way to pay the bills at the yeah. time. It wasn't even going to be successful. And then all of a sudden, the damn thing makes, you know, $39 million in 1980, which if you would adjust for inflation, is probably over $100 million. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty ridiculous. Uh, uh, Mike C., it's your turn. What do you got on your thoughts of uh, Friday the 13th? Where are you at? Um, I mean, everything you guys said, I, I would definitely agree with. Uh, I Over the years, I mean, I, I had always thought that Halloween, the original Halloween, was my all-time favorite horror movie. And I've seen Friday the 13th probably twice as many times as I have Halloween. And I love it. Uh, it was just on last week I watched it again. And, um, yeah, you know, it's it, I got a soft spot in my heart for it because I've been there a couple of times. But it's it's just it's the perfect setting, the perfect creepy atmosphere, the perfect suspense. It is a mystery. It is a whodunit. Uh, it's got all of the right things going for it. And like you said, it's well acted. And it's a competent story. And uh, that's not Sean Cunningham's fault that that was. It was Victor Miller that wrote a, a good story. So yeah. um, even the uh, even the original poster for it, you know, it just looks like somebody, a guy standing there, a silhouette of a guy holding a knife. And in the middle, what is the body? It's a bunch of people in a cabin in the woods. You know, it's it, it, even that is creepy looking. That basic, scared me. Basic and good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's those are my favorite. The first couple of movies, those are my favorite uh, posters. I was going to say, we don't even get anything. supernatural until six. Yeah. Because yeah. in, in theory, Jason doesn't die in the first four movies until the fourth movie. And then, of course, right. the fifth movie is Roy. So we don't get supernatural. I mean, obviously, you have to suspend some disbelief of what's going on. But I think that that does play a key. And I, I just want to touch back on, you know, Professor saying that. At this point in juncture, and I mean, with the exception of Halloween or, or like Texas Chainsaw, a lot of horror was banging, begging on the uh, out there, either haunted house, spirits, demons, something supernatural. And then occasionally you had these stalker films that would come along and mm -hmm. it would change it a little bit. And like I said, Halloween was, or sorry, Friday the 13th was the first movie to really perfect it. It was the first movie to go, okay, here's how you can have the big body count with all sorts of great grandiose things in it, but also still have a storyline. Yeah. Because a right. lot of the imitators of Halloween, because before, before Friday the 13th, there was already imitators of Halloween. Yeah. But the reason why they're not as great is because they only took, they didn't take the story. They, you know, Halloween tells a great story as well. They right. didn't focus on the story. They focused on the stalking and killing. And some of those movies have a higher body count than Friday the 13th does. But the problem is, is that if there's no story, if you don't feel anything for the victims, 
yeah. of the killer, if you don't feel anything for the killer, if you don't, if there's nothing intriguing you, the movie's never going to be great. That's what makes Halloween great. That's what made prior to that Psycho and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre great. And that's what makes, that's where Friday the 13th runs with it. Although adding a bigger body count than all those other movies, proving that you could add a body count and still have the story be great. Yeah. And the right. counselors, yeah, you do actually care about them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're you, not. You care about them. Yeah. What a great twist ending. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you don't see it coming type thing. Well, um, and that's the cool thing with the POV camera is um, anytime a character sees the killer um, and it's the POV shot up from the killer's perspective, the characters don't react scared because like very unassuming you, you get you get the right. idea that they either know the person or the person doesn't seem well, harmful. right like like early on annie gets you know she's hitchhiking and she gets yeah. picked up in the jeep and you know she's just talking away just talking like a chatty kathy to the person so obviously it's not somebody that's that's well you i know, mean and, and knowing and knowing the twist obviously because it's not a spoiler but knowing the twist knowing that it, it is 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 the mother she uh, though gives you that Betsy Palmer plays it so well. She gives you the warm oh, yeah. motherly feeling. And these are young teenagers. It's perfect. Like, like, I mean, not young, but you know, 18, 19, 20 year old kids. They're young. Uh, they're away. They're counselors. And you know, they probably miss their being at home. So she is more. And even in the end of the movie, like you said, for the twist, she is there in, 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 you know, Adrian King doing a great job of being scared and horrified. She's making the final, what we now know is the final girl run. Why is it the final girl run? Because Friday the 13th is, 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 is got everybody fucking strewn out. Yeah. Right. But, and a couple of little known facts that I want to point out with that too, they kind of helped like tell the story. So first of all, um, Adrian King's acting in that some of the scenes, like, you know, like the scene where Betsy Palmer is, is slapping her silly in that little garage. She was really hitting her. She came from uh, stage acting and from from other acting where you really hit people. There's no sound effects that are added in later. So she was really slapping her silly. And Adrian King had to like, you know, say, Sean, Sean, she's hitting me. She's hitting me. So her reaction to that stuff is is genuine. Um, Of all the red herrings and stuff that are in the movie, one of the other things that they did, and I don't know if you knew this or not, the Jeep that Mrs. Voorhees is driving is the exact same jeep not not a replica it's the same jeep that steve christie was driving yeah they just changed the top on it uh, but it was yeah. literally the same same vehicle they just shot it from you know uh when i think when steve christie had it you saw it more from behind when mrs Voorhees has it, you see it more from the front or maybe it's vice versa but they just kind of changed out the top on it and that's they wanted it to look like it was steve that was the killer well and then there's that great moment when steve finally arrives back at camp after he said he'd be back after lunch yeah. oh hi <laughs> what are you doing out in this well mess? and well and that's the thing well, like hey. you get a sense that he knows who he's talking to like yeah. oh hey what are you doing out here you again know? no like, threat whatsoever yeah. Right. And that's the point. Like, like, that's why the twist is so good, because Adrian King finally feels like she's safe. Yeah. You yeah. know, the motherly figures there. She's safe. And then she consoles Adrian yeah. King. Well, and then she's all of a sudden it rough turns. With her at first, though, like, well, because well, well, she like a, says, but what does she say? Pamela Voorhees. Oh, my God. When she gets out of the she's, she like scolds her a little bit where that gives well, like a little hint that something's off. Well, you I'm know? Mrs. Voorhees. 
No, no, but yeah, but think about it. it even even then, you, you would do that because, like, yeah. at the time, you don't know that there's that. You know, she you see this 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 kid yeah. freaking out. So basically, she was like, "Snap out of it!" You know, what yeah, are you yeah. doing? You know, and then all of a sudden, you know, as she realize, you know, as it looks like she's realizing what's happening, and she's like, "Oh, come on, honey," and yeah, all yeah. that stuff, and motherly, and then all of a sudden, the crazy meter switches. Yeah, like, and yeah. Betsy Palmer does that amazing. Like, they're just yeah. the just the How turning long? from turning from. You know, and very calmly turning from this nice woman who is looks like she saves the day into, yeah, his name was Jason. Yeah, she, <laughs> like, she acts the hell out of that. Oh yeah, it's great. Yeah, and of course, you know, great revenge scene. You know, the the, the final girl, uh, Adrian King doing her thing and chopping off the head. By the way, uh, up to that point, we had never seen a final girl uh, defeat the villain. That's the first movie where they defeat the villain because Halloween. Think about it, Michael Myers. That, that movie ends with Michael Myers still alive. And pokes if anybody him, pokes he, him in the eye, yeah, with the right, coat hanger. right. But if anybody was going to be the one that killed Michael Myers, it would have been Loomis with the, with the gun off of the balcony. I shot him six times. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, in Texas Chainsaw, let's be honest, ain't nobody survived. You no, know? Yeah, no, no, no. Ain't nobody killed Leatherface. He's still he's still dancing in the road to this day. Let's be honest. You know, and in, in Psycho, nobody kills Norman Bates. So like all the movies that this like predecessed. There had never been that situation where the final girl, the, the person that was left, the hero, if you will, you know, killed yeah, the, actually, the villain. Yeah. And she kills the villain. So there's a finality, there's a closure to it, which of course the classic dream sequence is the way around that closure. Yeah. Awesome. And once again, who knows if who knows if Pamela Voorhees knew that her son was still alive? Yeah. Cause you get the impression she doesn't. <laughs> right. So like, and that's where you know the logic comes into play for all the sequels, but <laughs> it is what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're not going to go know? into convolutedness because, of course, everything is convoluted when you get different writers involved, different people's ideas and thoughts, different directions. Right. That's going to happen. You know happen. what? Let's let's face it. Friday the Thirteenth, in my opinion, is you know by far. I shouldn't say by far, but it is. I feel the best of the entire series. I do like some of the sequels very much, but you know, in my opinion, the first one is the best one in the whole series, and it wouldn't be viewed that way possibly to this day if they didn't expand on it and bring jason back and create the universe that they did by you know rating, we may not see it by rating i will say i will give you that because even by my rating that we'll get in a second i say i think it's the best in the series although my favorite yeah. my favorite is still the unpopular opinion my favorite is still part five reason being because i love how mean-spirited that movie is yeah it's the it's most brutal human being it's the most brutal it's the most visceral and it's the it's the most mean-spirited one out of the bunch yeah it's great i mean six six is good but think about it. six becomes slapstick yeah a lot of yeah, stuff really happens does. in six there's a lot of funny stuff in six i like seven i really like seven, seven is really good too see i think and, and once again i'm not crapping on six i do like six but yeah. the the problem is is that they go to the comedy route they call they kind of go the freddy krueger route yeah. Like, oh, right. Freddie became funny, so Jason should become funny. And, you know, even with the even with the bond open, yeah. uh, you know, and you're coming off of five, which for everybody crapping on it that it wasn't Jason, I always say this, and I know Mike, and I know you've heard this, and it's, just watch the movie back. Pretend that you don't know how the movie's going to end. Watch how mean-spirited and, and just visceral that movie is and tell me it's not a great movie. Yeah, it, it, yep. it, it is the it's a great slasher film. Is it rating wise better than the original? Absolutely not. We're going to get to that in a minute. But it's it is my personal favorite because there's so much great stuff in that movie. And it's mean. I mean, you open with an axe murder of, of, of somebody who's slow, you know, like yeah. it's mean. 
It's not like what I guess the only entertaining scene you could say in it that's like could be funny is the uh, the damn enchiladas. That's that's it. That's it. That's all you got for oh, fun. Demon, demon, man, demon, Ooh, baby. Demon. Ooh, baby. And even that turns into because like even because I wouldn't even say that scene is like Leo because think about it, that turns into horror yeah, as he's getting quick. skewered, real you know, quick, or dodging skeweredness while he's trying to take, see the worst part about don't it forget is, Ethel and Junior though. Oh my God, that that oh so good. But I, I just want to I, I want to point out the uh, the uh, well I I've made that argument before. The reason they're in the movie is to break some of that the the the, the horrible monotonous because if not that movie's completely completely yep. dark and, and just gritty Depraved. like you have to you have to really kind of pull away from it for a second and that's why you know ethel and junior are are the comedy relief if yeah. you will but even then that they don't overdo it i think you overdo it a little bit in six especially with the smiley face kill yeah. and the, the bond open and when i'm back where, in the theater, wherever the, wherever the studio, wherever the wherever me. the red dot goes jabang bang. When I get back in the studio, we got to try to get some of those sound clips of like Ethel, like he. Oh yeah, we can do that. That's great. <laughs> we got to get that in the soundboard. So it's time to rate, baby. It's time to rate. I might as well go first since I'm uh, kicking it off. I, listen, I I've still stand by my two the, and I mean the movies in general. We know I don't give tens to movies. Uh, the highest I go is nine and a half, and nine and a half has been reserved, you know, for a few different movies. Uh, very very handful, like a handful of them, and uh, literally in a horror genre too, because it's Halloween and Jaws. Uh, but with that being said, I still think this movie's great. I still don't put it above Halloween, in my opinion, uh, because you know you just go with that masterpiece that is. But that doesn't mean it's that far off. I actually give it a nine point two five out of ten. Uh, there's only a couple of things that I can detract from it that it, not even that aren't even major. It's just that I don't know. There's something scary. I guess it might have been from how I grew up. I didn't go to camp. There's something scarier to me about a house like Halloween and how that stalking is set up and being scared to be in, in where you're supposed to feel safe. You're supposed to feel safe at home. Yeah, I, I feel like there's something about that. That's, that's why I find a movie like The Strangers to be kind of like like I mean not rating wise but viscerally scary because it's your home. You're supposed to be safe in your home. Uh, whereas camp to me it doesn't feel like home. So I think that that's part of the reason why I detract from that. Not saying that I don't like it being at a camp. It's a great setting. I just it's I that's just my reasoning, which is a small stupid reasoning, but it is what it is. But nine point two five is nothing to scoff, uh, scoff at. Uh, it's ahead of pretty much every other horror movie except for Halloween and Jaws. Yeah. Go yeah, ahead. And that's that's it. Yeah. That, that's, go ahead. <laughs> we already talked ad nauseum. Yeah. Who uh, who's next? Might go as well ahead. you go. All right. You're talking. Um, so yeah, like I said, I've I've had a love hate relationship with Friday the Thirteenth. I I um. Fell in love with it as a kid going through horror movies. And then, like, as I watched more and more horror movies, I was like, eh, Friday the 13th, there's nothing really to it. Um, but rewatching it this time, I really, the first one really is the best one. Um, this is not an overrated movie. Um, it is actually creepy. Um, and, you know, um, the performance from, what's her name? Uh, Pamela Voorhees. Bet- Betsy Palmer. Betsy Palmer. That alone, like that's, I mean, she's really good. Um, every there's a lot of really great stuff about this, um, and I'd give it a nine out of ten, um, a ninety, an A, an A average. Um, this is, I I do prefer like Michael Myers. I prefer, um, you know, Pinhead, Chucky, um, F- Freddy Krueger, um, Jason 
not my favorite, but this is great. It's a good series, and Pamela Voorhees is. Uh, I I would have liked to get more of her character in the series. In the I series. mean, other you than can't the fact, really other than the fact that you can't have Betsy Palmer, you could do a prequel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was death before, so you could do a prequel. Plus, she was decapitated, so you can't really. Well, yeah, but you could do a prequel because yeah, yeah. you know where does it get the camp blood name? You could actually yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. Mike C, go ahead. Yeah, and one of the one of the plans, one of the um, one of the uh, yeah. what's called the um, scripts that was out there for another one was going to be taking it back beforehand. It was going to be a prequel, Baby and she was still going to be around. As Eli- uh, Elias was also going to be there too. Uh, there was a really good one that nearly got made, and they bloody disgusting actually put that script out there, and it was it was it got a little convoluted, but. Um, he would go into the lake. Jason would walk into the lake, and it would just magically repair any wounds that he had. And that part of it was stupid. But other than that, there were some pretty good ideas that they had for it. So uh, that being said, um, yeah, I mean, Friday the Thirteenth. You know, again, it's it's not an overrated movie. It's not a bad movie at all. It, it's actually, I think, along with Halloween, you know, they're they're two of the most influential horror movies ever, at least in the slasher subgenre. Um, how many? People have, you know, stolen ideas from this, the kills, the setting, you know, just the whole idea behind it. A lot of that stuff has been used time and time again. Um, I used to go camping a lot when I was younger, when I was a kid and, you know, like a teenager in in my 20s. And uh, it was something that was always in the back of my mind. You know, there's to me, there was always that fear of some masked maniac killer showing up when you're out in the woods and killing you in the middle of the night. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's one of those things that on a subconscious level, you know, it, it messed with you. And it, a lot of that came from this movie. Um, the series itself, I mean, you know, you don't hear a lot of people that sit around in a group and watch horror movies, maybe sit around drinking, you know, having a good time and uh, watching a lot of the other series. Friday the 13th is one of those series that I would venture to say that, you know, a lot of people, if they if they have those days, we've been there ourselves, Professor. I mean, we, yeah. we've done these things, you know many times in the past and it seems like friday the 13th is one that usually is at least brought up um i remember being one time with the maestro and our our friend sean and it was on a friday the 13th and we just watched i I think we got through the first six of them before i finally went to bed yeah well you know it's like you're saying um real quick it's you don't you don't have a group of friends get together drink beers and watch hellraiser movies yeah (laughs) you know (laughs) Or, or even, you know, the more modern ones like, you know, like Saw or yeah. the Annabelle movies or The Conjuring. You know, you might yeah. have a night where you get together and watch a movie or two. But like if you do an all day marathon, you know, this is the one thing I think we've talked about on the show. But I know you remember the one time when the maestro was living out out in Shenangle Bridge. She lived out in the woods. Yeah. Uh, and we actually pulled the TV out into the woods or into his backyard close to the woods. And I wanted to either watch this or sleepaway camp. And of course there was one person that, that just insisted on the Prince of darkness, which was the worst possible movie to watch. That was my first time watching that movie. And I actually didn't like it. I was at the time. I remember being I, told about this. I was not present at that. You weren't. No. I could have swore you were there. I was not. I could have swore you were there. I didn't even record. Like I wasn't even the one who brought up Prince of darkness. Um, I was not present at that, but I've heard the story and, uh, I could have swore you were there. There was quite a few of us that were there. No, no, it wasn't. I was not there. Yeah. But our one friend just kept insisting on the Prince of darkness and had to have his way. And that's what we got. And that was the first time I ever saw that movie. And I didn't like that movie for a long time because of that. I have since watched it many times since, and I like it now, but it was the wrong movie for that setting. We should have been watching a Friday the 13th. No, Prince of darkness is not a group movie. (laughs) It really isn't. It really isn't. (laughs) 
Um, but overall, very influential, an extremely fun series in general to watch. Um, if nothing else, they were very, uh, you know, they, they were kind of before their time with the kills. You know, they, they had some pretty inventive ways of killing people throughout that series. But it all started with the first one, which was by far the best, in my opinion. And if I'm scoring this movie, uh, I would give this movie, I would give it a 9 out of 10 myself. Wow. So I think that we're all pretty good job. Pretty much for the first time, all three of us are pretty close yeah. with our assessment of a, of a movie and, and scoring one. And you and, and I, I think are that that says a lot about the same, same score. Yeah, wow. we're like Captain Planet now. Wow. We can like save the world. Captain oh Planet. wow, he's oh never mind. Sorry. <laughs> well, uh, what's really uh, and I just doing research about this uh, originally. The it looks like the Friday the Thirteenth series people, the people that like set everything up. Um, avoided the mistake of the Halloween three because uh, originally the concept for Friday the Thirteenth was yeah. it was going to be gonna an, anthology. an anthology, and but the Jason character, what happened at the end was so popular that they were like, all right, we're going to go with that. Yeah, and they kind of got their way when they did the series, which did not. Oh you know, yeah, the TV they show. Were good ones. I, yeah, I never watched it, no, so I don't no. really know. I know that there are some people that, that really some... enjoyed it, eh. but. Overall, I never watched. I've seen it. worse. I, I, I've seen you know, worse I've things, seen a, but yeah, I, I've seen. I think that maybe they were on uh, Sci-Fi Network at one point. I might have watched an episode or two of them. And yeah, they just didn't really do much for me. So they kind of got you know that that tells you, you know, obviously it was, um, it was a series. It wasn't a movie, but they got their anthology, and it yeah. didn't do as well. So it wouldn't have had the longevity. And again, I don't know that we'd be talking about Friday the Thirteenth like we do. You know. It, it would be yeah. one of those those slashers. It'd be like uh, the Burning, or it would be like the Prowler, or um, you know the the Sorority Row type movies. You know th- those types of things. It would be that that we'd be remembering it as. We wouldn't be remembering it as this iconic, uh, legendary film that yeah. it is, or the series that it is, for that matter. So you know, it's a good thing that they did move on with the series and they did you know get the longevity. I know Jason is who everybody assumes is the killer with that, but. You know, in the original one, it was Mrs. Voorhees, and it was a brilliant movie, and it's one of the most influential horror movies ever made, in my opinion. Uh, I, I, I will just add that uh, not only would it have not been remembered as well, but I, I just think people would have just hated it, <laughs> let's be honest, yeah, because yeah. you wanted the, the finish, especially at the end. Also, the parallels between uh, Halloween and uh, Friday the 13th aren't too far off, because remember, Friday the 13th Part 2 was also, at one point, Juncture talked about taking place inside the hospital. And then yep. uh, they found out that Halloween was doing the same thing, and they, they decided against it. Yeah, yep. which I guess that was Oops. a good that was a good idea, you yeah. know. But because uh, I'm and glad we got that elements they... of that by the fourth one, but still, you know, there was the opening scene there. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah, in the fourth movie, we still got we still circled around back to it. I'm all about that life, brother. Yeah, but yeah, I, I'm 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 excited. I I wish that we could have we could be talking about new movies, but you know, fuck Sean Cunningham. But with that being said, that brings us to the end of the segment, which means we got another trivia question. We got one more trivia question this week. So this is the second Horror Zone 607 trivia question of the week. And this question, I also threw in a a year just to kind of help you guys out with this one, too. Well, thanks. So hopefully you know this one. Thank you. Uh, And This this is for that that whiny little snot that you hear talking right now in the background. Thank you. Yeah, him. That guy. So here is the second question of the week. This 2006 slasher was marketed with the tagline, Old School American Horror. Once again, this 2006 slasher was marketed with the tagline, Old School American Horror. The answer to this question 
coming up right after our final break. Hey, it's Courtney Gaines, Malachi from Children of the Core, and you're listening to the Horror Zone 607. Welcome back to the 100th episode, Extravaganza of Horror Zone 607. Before our last break, Extravaganza. So before the final break, I asked the second of two trivia questions this week. This question is, this 2006 slasher was marketed with the tagline, Old School American Horror. Any guesses, guys? It's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, hold on, hold on. There's, um, <laughs> I've got nothing on There's this. a guy named Spencer. There's a guy named Carlos in it, I think. What? Uh, shit, shit. A John Doe guy. Oh, it's fucking, uh, it's Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> Freddy's dead. That's got to be it. Because that's uh, classic Freddy's American dead? horror. That's right. We're in, in that's right? 2006. I won. I won, yeah, right? Yeah, it was a I 2006 uh, yeah, It's every already. year. It's in every year. It wins awards every year. Every year. Every year. Fake news if you say different. Uh... I'm looking around the studio to see if there's anything that could There is nothing in. from 2006 in the studio. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, Evil, Dead, Evil Dead is not 2006. Yeah, I know. I was like, what's the date on that? That was at, that 2010s for that one, right? Um, yes. So I'm going to say, uh, is it a uh, uh, Rob Zombie movie? I'm just going to go with Devil's Rejects. <laughs> I don't know. Devil's Rejects. Uh, no, you are both wrong. You are both wrong. Movie. I think you're wrong. I'm wrong. Yeah, because it's definitely Freddy's I don't, dead. I don't know the. Own, I don't even know my own answer. Okay, nope. what, okay. What, what, what is it then? If you're <laughs> so smart, there is no answer. He made it up. There is no answer. It's actually it doesn't exist. So no, the correct answer is Adam Green's Hatchet. All right. Okay. I've never seen it. So you've never seen Hatchet. No. Oh wow! Now that. It's it's no Friday the Thirteenth. It does take place out. <laughs> it does take place out in the woods. Uh, it does have Kane Hodder playing a different uh, killer in this one. I think that you would enjoy the heck out of it because it is it's kind of slapsticky and it's very over the top. But the kills are unbelievable in it. Over the top, like just, as in he's got to turn his hat backwards and win this and arm, arm wrestling, wrestling contest. Yeah, so for his son. turns his hat around to win custody for my son. <laughs> it's pretty much what the uh, what the uh, plot is. So a man wants to win custody of his son, so he goes in the uh, does arm wrestling. And for some reason, because I can't remember any songs off of that soundtrack, I'm going to go with the Rocky soundtrack of No Easy Way Out. It's I love in the background. I love that uh, <laughs> SNL skit with Norm Macdonald when he is in a car accident and uh, Sly Stallone was hosting, and Stallone rescues the guy, and he all all's Norm Macdonald's character does is make fun of Stallone's movies. <laughs> and he mentions over the top and he's like yeah what i like about over the top is it combines all the drama of a child custody battle with arm wrestling <laughs> it's 
so <laughs> I could just hear him saying that. Yeah. So with the hundredth episode here coming to a close, like the the brief little bit, like looking back, looking back, Mike C. Where 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 did where did this all? Uh, not the podcast itself. Where did the concept that became the podcast? Where did it all start? So it all started because I on my Facebook page uh, years back I decided. You know, I, I love horror movies, and I was always talking about them. And I decided in the month of October several years ago that I was going to do uh, a top 31 horror movie countdown. I made my own list, thought it out a uh, very, very long time. It took a long time to put it together, and it was very, very difficult to do. But I decided that for every day in the month of October, I was going to release a new movie right up to Halloween Day when I would announce the number one movie. And it was very popular. Uh, a lot of people were liking it, a lot of people commenting on it, a lot of people making comments to me in person. Uh, it, it went over very well. And the next year I did a similar thing, but it was it was a different topic. And from there, I started posting more and more things about horror movies on Facebook. And uh, a couple of people, uh, my, my friend Karen, um, no, no jokes, you know, really meant by it here. But my friend Karen uh, actually got a hold of me and she's like, you know, I really don't like horror movies and I don't appreciate that you're posting all that stuff about horror movies on there because it scares me. Can you please not do that anymore? And I kind of was just like, well, who are you going to tell me <laughs> what I can post on my own page here? But, <laughs> you know, I just kind of brushed it off and laughed it off. And I decided, you know what? Maybe not everybody wants to see that. I see a lot of people posting things on Facebook constantly that I don't care to see. So I could either unfollow them, unfriend them, or you know, whatever, just trying to pay attention to it. So I decided to create a business page and I created what was originally called I am horror. And I would just post, you know, reviews. I would post horror movie news, basically like we do today. Um, but our, our good friend, Ken M from the Ocho Duro Parley hour, uh, it was October or October was coming up and he asked me to be a guest on, on their show to talk about horror movies and apparently it, it got very good ratings. It did really well. Uh, the ratings were high. And he started, you know, telling me, you're a natural with this. This is something you should really get into doing. And um, I, I know that the professor and, and the maestro and I had kind of talked about it, but we were kind of busy, didn't really know the first thing about putting together a show, editing it, you know, getting it out there. We didn't, we didn't know much about that. So I was kind of like, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe not. But Ken kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And then one night, I know we've talked about this on the show, uh, we happened to be out with our, our friend Dino from Rexterods, and um, Rich was there. I didn't really – I had met him once before on his birthday, uh, and this was just a casual night out where he asked us to go out and get some beers. And uh, turns out you were actually already following Horizon 607, which is what I had changed the name to uh, by that point. And uh, you already had a podcast, and I brought up Ken M, and one thing led to another, and – we hatched this this idea of Horizon 607 podcast. And after a and, feverish uh, night of romance. After a feverish night of romance. And, a child uh, was born. We, yes, well, yes. And it's things we just can't talk. These, these are things that little... we would talk about on Love is Scary. We can't talk about it behind this wall. We just say, can't do it. It's it's. There was way too much steamy stuff that happened that night. The, the, <laughs> the, 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 backside, the backside from my side of this coming into this was that uh, he mentioned Ken M. All that happens. 
And then he's like, well, he's really pushing for me to do kind of like this horror episode on, on, on the ODPH and blah, 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 blah. And he really wants to go on. And I don't know much about it, you know, like, like the podcast part. So I'm like, okay. So he's like, well, when I do it, you want to be on the show? So I'm like, sure. You know, just thinking it's a one and done appearance. So we go to the ODPH studio. It's myself. It's Mike. Ken M's just working the uh, the rate the uh, board because he's not a big horror fan, and yeah, uh, John, Johnny Moose from Excite Wrestling and Jimmy Gazdick. Uh, so I can't really say there's a guest there. It's Mike hosting, and I'm actually a guest on the first show because I think mm-hmm. it's Mike hosting, and just the other three of us are guests. There's a panel, and uh, after we had a lot of fun, we were talking about it, and uh, the final decision came. I went to uh, what is now Sci-Fi Horror Fest. That was the first thing that we were booked on for the Three Founders podcast. And me and Mike had been b- bouncing it back and forth, ideas of possibly doing uh, this. And we got booked on uh, Scarecon at the same event. And I messaged him. I'm like, yeah, we're doing it. So episode two of the podcast uh, actually comes. I, we, no, we did episode two that was on Three Fat Nerds Network. It came out on that originally. All these are available now under our feed, but they were originally, one was on, the first one was on ODPH, the second one was on 3 Fat Nerds Network. Uh, The second uh, one was, we recorded it, but there's clips from the second and third one that were, second one that were recorded at Sci-Fi Horror Fest, and there's clips Mm -hmm. from the third one that were recorded from Scarecon. Actually, the third one's live from Scarecon for most of it, except for me and you doing news. But the rest of it was either myself or you or Ron, doing interviews and that's the first time we uh, had a discussion with uh, Courtney Gaines. Yeah. So the the yep. whole like weird world around it was we did this on the ODPH. I go off to go to what at the time was called AuthorCon slash Para Horror Festival. Uh, we changed it to Sci-Fi Horror Fest later on. Uh, it's a lot easier to say. And uh, uh, then I'm like, we had been toying around with doing it. And I'm like, you know what? Let's do it. I got uh, getting booked for Scarecon. There's something here. I got some interviews that I did under the Horror Zone 607 thing. I did interviews at Sci-Fi Horror Fest. Mike came to me, came with me night one, myself, him, and Ron to Scarecon at, uh, uh, what do you call it? Turning Stone. And mm-hmm. then the next day, the next two days, I drove back up. I, that was crazy. I should have just stayed up there in, in hindsight. But Mike, Mike wasn't going the night two, and Diesel was joining us uh, day two. So we had a good time. So then we just kept it going. Uh, we we started doing it at the eight one two two production studios. That's at the time was at Ron's house. Yeah. Uh, so we would go I over and record Ron's house. Episodes. So Ron yeah. was on the uh, a lot of the first episodes because we were at his house. So he just joined in. And uh, I think the professor was on for the first time at Ron's house. Yeah, oh, the yeah. maestro was also on the first time at Ron's house for the, his first appearance. Uh, and then we just grew from there. And of course, when we moved the studio to Dragon Master Games, you know, the A One Two Two Production Studio started coming from here. And here we are today, a uh, hundred episodes later. Uh, Good and, God. And two a and a half years. Stuff. Wow. Two and a half years. Yeah. Uh, we started in October of what was it? Eighteen. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. no, yeah, October of 18. 2017 yep. or 18? No, no, it was 18. 18. I'm pretty sure. October yeah, of 18. 18. Yeah, October of 2018 is when we started. Uh, the first episode came out on the ODPH, and it was literally the week before I went to Sci-Fi Horror Fest, which was the second weekend of uh, October, because the, the fourth weekend of October, which was right before Halloween, was when Scarecon was. Yeah. Right. I got booked on Scarecon while I was at Sci-Fi Horror Fest, so... 
interesting stories it's it's it was really kind of uh, strange and then from there the year later we go to sci-fi horror fest and me and Ke- or me and uh mike c are going to cooperstown with courtney Gaines to go around the baseball <laughs> hall of fame uh, just like that uh, for free and uh having a great time with courtney Gaines and jill whitlow and then i go on to scaricon mike you're gonna make the trip for scaricon but we went on to scaricon and i had a good time with our my, my favorite grandfather uh you know doug bradley i wish he was my i wish he was my grandfather he's awesome (laughs) uh and so much more we've had so many good times so and it just keeps on coming i mean we made it through a pandemic (laughs) yeah for the most part i mean i know it's not out of the woods yet but i mean i think the parts where we were really digging for material i remember that a little peek behind the curtain there on our messenger as we have a show messenger I remember at one point, Mike, because uh, he gets a little uh, jittery sometimes, was like, oh, man, it's going to kill the show. What are we going to do? And me and the professor were at the same time. We're both Go like, back. Do, you, do you realize that we have like 100 years of horror movies that we could just talk about? Yeah. Like, yeah. like we well, can do whatever we want. You guys, do you think that we should stop it, you no. know, for the time no. being? Never. And you were like, no, no. In fact, I believe it was the professor that actually said, now's the time you want to do this. Yeah. People yeah. need entertainment. And then you were like, and I mean, it wasn't like you were completely naive, but it was just like, so what, what, no, what, but what are we going to do? There's going to be no, there's going to be no horror news. And if you remember, go back to the beginning of the pandemic, we didn't talk about any news at all. Some no. episodes, because yeah. there just wasn't any. Yeah. So we but would just do surprisingly a, a lot of news throughout this though. Yeah. And maybe yeah. not as much as there would have been, but. But I mean, it was also up front, there was like, even if there wasn't a lot of news, because sometimes it was just us talking about some random thing that was said on social media. It wasn't even yep. a yeah. real news article. We always came with the reviews and that's where the reviews really came through and shined through. And we had a good time doing all of that stuff. And in the meantime, you know, we also got into some other, you know, it, it kind of helped us grow as what were the content and also helped us grow listenership. So for all of you guys listening, thank you Yes. Uh, during the pandemic. And it's it's been great. And now that we've come back into the money load of news pretty much uh it seems like every other week there's a half hour 40 minute news segment the mother load (laughs) but uh you know it is what it is and we've kept those elements of doing reviews and lists and all those things that are going to continue on so it's just it's a good it's a good little bit the people like it the people like the lists they like them they like them they do like them and you know like it here's the thing now i there's a you know there's a million podcasts that are out there i don't listen to really very many of them at all um, but you know, I don't know how good of friends people are. I don't know if it's a business to some people and they're just like, have a working relationship with the people that they do their shows with, or maybe they do them solo. This is legitimately friends just hanging out, talking. We just, we have a good time. We laugh constantly. There's nothing that's made up here. We don't have any big meetings before the shows go on. We, you know, Rich will ask me what, what news we've got, um, you know, just to kind of talk about it ahead of time. So they're, you know, aware of what I'm going to bring up in the news. We don't have a big production meeting or anything. We just we're, we're a couple of friends that get together and have a good time. We yeah, laugh about no it. There's no scripting. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> if you couldn't tell. Yeah, I mean, this, this is something that this is literally just three guys having fun. Yeah, you know, reviews that I've seen on Apple Podcasts. You know, we're, there, there's quite a few reviews we have on there now, and they're all five star reviews of people saying how much fun that they can tell that we have. Mm. And there's nothing fake about it. It's real. It's three good friends just hanging out and talking. This is real and to me. This is real to me. It's still real <laughs> to me. me. Damn it! This is real to me, guys. <laughs> so, so you know that's that's probably my favorite part of the whole thing. Um, yeah, you know, week it's in, just week people. Out. It's just friends talking about things that they love, and that's. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, I don't, I don't want to go too much into like how I got pulled into this this mess of a show. <laughs> um, but like, essentially, 
like Mike and I had always watched horror movies together. We would go. I mean, before the yeah, pandemic, we've known each other fifteen years. We we've been we've been like typically a horror movie would come out in the theaters. Mike and I would go, um, just depending on any schedule issues, but. Um, you know, and then like he mentioned the podcast and then it was a conversation between me and him, like coming up with troubleshooting titles. And then we landed on horror zone because we were talking about twilight zone and Binghamton and, yeah. and like, you know, and then like you needed music. So I did a little music and then I always wanted to be in the actual show, but I was teaching at the time and my weekends were shot. Oh yeah. Like I, there was, if, if anybody tried to make it happen a few different times yeah, and it just was not if, happening. Like it, the, if you're a teacher, if anybody is out there as a teacher, you know what I'm talking about? Like if you're a teacher, you have no free time like ever. Um, so I'm very happy that things changed. I mean, I'm the professor in name only at this point, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's good to be on the show and have these conversations and go over these great and awful movies. Oh yeah. There's Trust plenty me. of stinkers, Some stinkers out there. Out there. <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to point out though, that if you guys wanted to know at home, the little trivia fact, the professor was actually a professor. So I was not, a professor. Yeah. It's not really that far off. And believe it or not, the maestro is also a musician, but the yeah. professor's also a musician yeah. too, but he can't have two, nicknames so. yeah so there's there's it, there's it's not like we were like real geniuses also fun fact uh we've been bringing it back so the second segment which is the review segment was always known as talking horror it's because i the creative genius that i am from the three fat nerds podcast uh we had named segments back in the day and one of them is talking nerd and it's the long form it can change there can be a list there can be whatever yeah. in that form and so when we started this podcast, and me and Mike are like, well, what are your segments? Well, we have the horror news segment, and well, talking horror. We'll talk about horror stuff, whether yeah. it's a list, whether it's a review. So it just kind of stuck. It wasn't really a, like, oh, I'm a genius, because yeah. I trust me, I'm not. Uh, if I was, we'd be making a lot more money, brother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, funny story, though. I, I uh, Your phone, my the iPhone, kind of when you go back like to the main screen, it'll show you pictures from your role. It's funny that like the picture was from the first Scarecon I was at with me and Katie Featherstone oh, nice. from the uh, panel I did with her. So the, the impromptu panel that I had no time to prepare for, but somehow made it happen. Literally of course, the next picture was the, the, the nude picture that he sent her. Yeah, so, no, no. I mean, if I had the other, if it was the other way around, I'd, I'd be, I'd be, I don't know, but I wouldn't share it. Let's be honest. I'm a gentleman. I'm a gentleman. You don't kiss and tell. That's right. She was actually a very wonderful human being. So there you go. Uh, yeah, but, I wish I had met her. I saw her, but I didn't get a chance to talk to her. Yeah, I ac- I accidentally got a chance to talk to her because yeah. I literally had to run across the convention center to get to the main stage because the person who was supposed to do the panel didn't show up. Oh. Right. So I introduced myself. We went on stage and we had a great time. It was like doing a podcast with friends because we didn't have any time to like uh, get anything together. So we just kind of went up there and shot it in uh, Q and A style, having a lot of fun. She asked me the first question too, which is kind of funny because she asked me if I seen any of the movies. I was like, I saw all of them except for the last one because uh, at that Wait, time, what's she in? Uh huh. She was in Paranormal Activity. Oh we yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I've yeah. seen all of them, but the last one, she was like, "Well, I wasn't in the last one, so you're good." Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought I recognized the name. She was. Talk, she was one of the talking heads in uh, in Search of Darkness. Ah, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Very nice girl. But anyways, uh, we've had a laugh on it, and there's more to come. Uh, we were joking about it uh, earlier, uh, but 200 will be about five years in, and uh, we'll be at 200 episodes. And, and maybe we'll get another watch along. 
Maybe at one point. Well, well I'm, I'm still, really want to do that. Ready for it? We can do it. We can do it anytime. You just we got to plan out a time. It's gotta good pick for you. a good. You've been movie. busy. You've been busy lately. Becoming, oh, becoming, making, no making the Lone Rangers a, yeah. uh, a huge success. The Lone success. Rangers and your well, off Broadway production. Actually, of, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I won't be here the next two weeks. But uh, after that, I'll be back. See, and he wants me to do a watch along. He can't even come in two weeks. For a what are we well, supposed I, to talk I, about? I told you what guys. What are we supposed geez. to talk about? I told you guys about this months ago. I know. I'm well aware. You. We were just, we, we were actually, <laughs> originally, unfortunately, we almost didn't have you for this. You thought it was, this was going to be the week. Well, yeah, suck. the studio actually double booked. Which... So that's how we got lucky to have yeah. the professor here on the 100th episode. If not. Uh, what would we say lucky? <laughs> we got I'd, the misfortune. I'd say. Well, to any more, and I'm sure you guys have heard this before, but I'm going to keep it short and sweet on the plugs this week just because it's been an awesome time and, uh, I just gonna throw you know. Make sure you're following us on, on, on Facebook, Horizon Six Hundred Seven, Twitter and Instagram at Horizon Six Hundred Seven, hashtag HZ Six Zero Seven. Talk about the show. Eight One Two Two Productions dot com for everything else. Mike C, take these people home for the one hundredth time. It was an extravaganza. 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 There it is. So thank you all so much for joining us on this journey through 100 episodes of Horror Zone 607. Next week, we come back. We do it all over again as we work towards the next 100, and we will be here doing that. The professor will not be. He's going to be out with the Lone Rangers, all three of them. <laughs> and, uh, of course, he's going back to Broadway, and uh, he'll be performing once again. Going back to Brooklyn. Yeah, you'll, you'll be once again playing the uh, the second link of the uh, the Human Centipede. Yep, and uh, it's very exciting for you. It's we're, very exciting. We're, doing, we're happy uh, for you. We're doing the full sequence. You're doing the full sequence this time. <laughs> Sweet! Wow, what an honor! And he's yeah. a meth- an and I just want to let you know these guys are method actors. So yeah, on the weekends. <laughs> when you want to talk, when you want to talk really about a, when you want to talk about a mouthful of shit. Yeah, Oof. the weekends we yeah. Oof. Wow, we really get into it. Yeah, so that's a good time for you. You know, unfortunately, we'll just be here in the studio doing this show, but you'll be having fun. Yeah, you'll be having fun. We'll be jealous of that. It's so. a blast. <laughs> it sounds like it. So, but uh, but alas, we will be back here next week talking more horror, bringing you the week's biggest horror movie news. So until then, for the professor, for Rich, I'm Mike C. Saying, see ya. <laughs> <laughs>